Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
uh, to our brothers and sisters, and also our ta- uh, when our tagline to this show, it said, help change a life. And I'm going to challenge with that there, because you say, help change a life. And as I get to know God's word and know more of God, you know, I've been, I've been compelled to help change a life in Jesus' name. Not anything that I'm doing. Don't follow me around to change a life. Don't emulate me to change a life. But do it the way Christ Jesus did. He loved he cared, he encouraged, help change a life. Maybe by your love to someone that's unlovable, you're changing their life. Maybe by encouraging a lost soul that you're changing a life. I mean, when Jesus got ready to go up to heaven, he told his disciples, he said, they go ye down forth and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Holy Ghost, and lo, I'll be with you always until the end of time. That means that no matter where I go, no matter what I do, if I do it for Christ Jesus, I won't be alone. I may feel alone. I may look around and don't see anybody in the physical being, but the spiritual being is there with me. You know, they said they, they said through Scripture that he have angels that camp around about us. You know, so we want to be very mindful of those, you know, those angels that's available for us. You know, as a... As Joseph went out, and, uh, you know, he fell on difficult times, but God didn't forget about him. God had men in place to meet his need. He put him in a spot where he could encourage someone else. Here you are, you in jail. You're facing a sentence that you don't know the duration of the time, but yet you're telling two other men that they're going to get out of this. That's what he told the baker and the cupbearer. He said, you're going to get out of this here. Wait a minute, man. I'm in jail. We all in jail. Say, and what, you know, and what about you? He said, me. And I, that, that, this is me. He probably said, well, I'm not too, too, too concerned about myself, but I know in my heart and through my God that everything going to be all right in you gentlemen's life. And then, what are you going to pay your costs for being for messing up? But you're going to get out of this situation. But when you do, don't forget about me. You know, as Christians, as born-again believers, that's what we have to be mindful of. Then when God get us out of that situation, don't forget about our brothers or our sisters. Don't forget about those that helped us, that encouraged us, those that we met along that path. Then not, to, not to forget about them. You know, uh, I do ministry. But I'm very mindful at one time I wasn't doing ministry. One time I was being served by ministries at various times. And men and women would tell me after praying with me and encouraging me, say, when you get out of this situation, when you get out of this situation, you're to help someone else. And at the time, I didn't understand that. At the time, I couldn't receive that. That's why I said, you know, when we opening up, said, to inform you, to encourage you and to challenge you. Because I didn't know that I could be able to help someone else. I didn't know I was going to get out of this here. I didn't know that what the things that I went through wasn't was going to destroy me. They was for my good. Now, I'm no different than anyone else. That's why we bring various men and women on the program. Some were financial gurus, but they had not always been financial gurus. At one time, they struggled with their income. They struggled with their finances. We have people to come on here that are, are very proficient in writing. At one time, they couldn't write. One time, they didn't even have a, or uh, they couldn't uh, put together a, uh, a complete paragraph. But over a period of time, and over, over 
learning the skills and, and, and honing their craft, they became writers to the point that they wrote books and they wrote novels. And when they had people on here that suffered from medical conditions, that now they're able to talk to other people about their health, how to eat well, how to get exercise, how to get the proper sleep. You know, all those things work out for good. And sometimes we're sitting around having a pity party. I don't know why this is on me, and I'm, I'm doing the best I can, and God has forgot about me. No, he hadn't. He just tried to work through you. I recall in the Bible that we're going to go back to Bible land, in John 9, chapter where Jesus encountered this man that was blind with him and his disciple. And his disciple asked Jesus this here question that I think about, oh, man, that was such a powerful question there. He said, now, who messed up? Did this man mess up or was it his mother or his father that this man was born with this condition? This man was born blind. You know, sometimes we go around thinking that it was something that we're done that caused me to, you know, sometimes we blame other people for our mishaps and our calamities. But if you think about it, if you think about it, you had a lot to do with that too. If you think about it, God still was with you in the midst of that ch- uh, difficulty of your life. He was there when you lost that job. He was there when you hit your first blunt. He was there when you took your first drink. He always been there. He didn't want you to do those things. It brought tears to his eyes because he knew what the outcome would be. But he never left you. Even in the midst of the worst calamity you could ever imagine, he had been there. You could look up. And you can still feel the presence of God in your life. I know from experience. And I bet you do too. Again, you'll listen to Free on the Inside. Uh, the calling number is 310-982-4126. You too could call in and be a part of this program and, and lend your voice to the show. Uh, you know, uh, last uh, last couple of weeks we have been out of the studio as we stayed earlier. We had a great time. And, and so I'm so honored to... Uh, those groups allowed us to come over and share uh, with them what does says the Lord. Our last weekend, we was over at the uh, at a men's conference, and we was able to share uh, with them and sit in with them. And we was in carriage uh, uh, Minister Henderson and her church. They held, they held the men's conference. It was very well. Uh, uh, organized and set up. It was a beautiful program. We had a great uh, uh, breakfast. It was almost a brunch because we had some, also we had some lunch uh, items there too. So it was a great, uh, uh, it was a great set. It had a great speaker there. I can't recall his name. It was Apostle, it was Apostle something. I can't recall his name. Please forgive me. But he gave a great uh, uh, words of uh, encouragement about Adam, you know, because the title of the, uh, of the company was uh, uh, Adam, where art thou? And he was just talking about how how God chose Adam, that first man, how he formed him, that first man, and how that first man messed up, but God was still able to work through his mess-ups. And it encouraged me because I have messed up. I have fell short to the glory of God. And wait a minute, I know I'm not in this by myself. But yet God was still able to work through those things there. But also God gave him a helpmate, a woman, you know. And sometimes as we as we have people in our lives and, uh, and we tend to do the best we can. I'm talking for myself now. And those people that we're with, sometimes they'll seem to be on the wrong path. 
But God gave us men to be the head of the house. He gave us the ability to correct the wrong that's in our life. And we have to take up a, we have to pick up that mountain. That's why I said, you know, to be informed, to encourage, and to challenge. That's what every man called and should be and ought to be. To inform his family, to challenge his family, to encourage his family. And I love that. I love that because at one time I I needed all that in my life. Matter of fact, I needed all in my life right now. I said at one time because I did not know any of these things. Girl. But since I know better, I could do better. But I learned all that from Christ Jesus and from nowhere else. It was Christ Jesus' righteousness that saved a sin-sick soul. And, you know, and then we went over to uh, the uh, we went over to uh, I Am Royalty Conference, and we had a great time over there with uh, Minister Andrea, uh, Andrea Watson. She gave a beautiful conference over there. We were able to sit in it. We did our show live from that. And so we got some pictures that's put up on our Facebook page, so you can look at those pictures. as a uh, Facebook, free on the inside, Lewis, and you can see all the uh, photos from that conference. And we had a great time over there also. And, but uh, last uh, last week we was over to, last Friday, we went over to the juvenile department and you know, they have changed our schedule. We have been going on a Monday evening, but now we go on a Friday evening. And it's it's a challenge because, you know, Friday is a time that I like to just kind of unwind. But since the ministry dates have changed, that me and uh, Reverend Edwards, we went on and changed our schedule so we could go down on Friday. And I got to thinking, sometimes we want things to suit our time. We want things to suit the things that we want to do. Say, well, I don't, I, I, that ain't my time, so I can't go. It may not be your time, but I challenge you to at least try it out and see if it's worked for you. Try it out and see if that's what you could do. And, you know, it's a challenge. I'm going to admit it. But, yes, well, we went over there. We had a great time. The young men were very blessed. And, you know, they were encouraged by what we had to share with them. And I asked the young men, because I'm always sharing this here bit, uh, our ministry being free on the inside, and I ask those young men, what do that mean when I say you you are being you you can be set free on the inside? I ask those young men, what do that mean in their life? And they got to pondering, they was thinking about it, and then one of them yelled, I said, I'm being free to make the choices that uh that I could uh be to be successful. And I said, wow. The one young man said, I'm free to. Go on living a life that uh, that I don't have to be in a place like this anymore. Then one young man said, "I'm free to go back to school," and they kept on going down and down line. And I got to thinking, you know, because a lot of us have been held hostage. That's why I would say being free on the inside. One young man said, "I have, I have freedom not to be incarcerated like the rest of my family," and then I, my heart would jump with joy, to knowing that these young men sense that they can have that freedom. The young man said, I have freedom to go back to school and, and to get a proper education. I have freedom to, uh, to follow the rules. And then I, I got to say, now, now, what, now this freedom that you that you profess and that you have, it isn't the freedom to kind of go out and do your own thing, but to live a life that's pleasing to God, a freedom to follow the rules. You know, follow the rules is just as simple as the light is red and all the other cars are just running that red light, running that red light, but you stop. And everybody said, why don't you go, go home now? The light is red. And I see other cars are coming up. People are going by, but it's dangerous. 
So you had that freedom to make those type of choices. And I know that's simple, but sometimes people are challenged with that. Just because everybody else is doing it don't mean I have to do it. I have that freedom to just do the right thing. Now, sometimes we have to make those choices that's outside the box. Let's face it. We do, but we have that freedom to do that. And we pray that God is pleased with what we do. We ask him to forgive us if we fall short of some things. But we do have that freedom. But your freedom should be only in Christ Jesus. You know, uh, I did. we did a conference last uh, last May, and it was a... Uh, it was Second uh, Peter two sixteen. It's saying that our freedom. Let's say that now. Let us live like people that are free in Christ Jesus, not using our freedom as an opportunity to do evil, but as a servant of Christ. You know, use that freedom to do the right thing, to do things honorable and pleasing to God. Use that freedom to allow other people to be set free. You're listening to free on the inside. We're just uh, relaxing and enjoying today, the day that which the Lord had made. Uh, you two can join the conversation, 310-982-4126. And we uh, have a potential guest this morning. We'll try to reach out to them, but they wasn't available. Hopefully they'll call us in this morning. If not, we're going to go on with the show at hand, okay? Because I'm really enjoying this here time today to just reminisce with God and you, and, and you my listening audience. I have a cup of coffee here and I have a, a pastry, so I'm just going to kick back and relax and enjoy this here day. I don't have anything special planned per se, uh, but I'm just going to spend some time with the family and do some things that I need to do for myself. You know, and that's what me and uh, someone was talking about the other day. We have, you know, we are very active and just. Uh, just our own affairs, whether we're working and taking care of the family or whatever it may be. But we also need to take time out for ourselves. You know, some people may perceive me doing a lot of things, but I always have a little niche of time out for myself. And I'm afraid of being selfish because I don't want to tell anybody. Because when I do, people say, oh, yeah, man, I need you to come do this. Oh, yeah, I need some advice on this. And I'm not selfish or nothing, but I know that I need some time out. And I think God is okay with that. They say even Jesus broke away and, and got a little R&R just for himself. So, uh, you know, because it keeps me refreshed. It keeps me going. And that way I'm not mad and frustrated about things, you know, because I, I kind of just let things go for a little while. And, then I, and it keeps me in the swing of things. But as I was sharing with my friend, I was asking, you know, because I do mentoring. So I was talking to a young man that I mentored. I said, uh, now, what are you doing to relax? And he said, well, I don't really have anything I need. I do to relax. I kind of follow the, uh, uh, the program in a man because he's in a nine-month recovery program. So they have them doing a lot of uh a lot of Bible lessons, and they do a, a lot of outside assignments. Where if he's a, a, if one of his duties at the center is to clean up, he's uh, cleaning up three to four hours a day, or whatever it may be. And so he said that when I'm off, I just kind of like don't do anything. I said, well, that's, that sounds great, and that's and that's noteworthy. But you need to develop you some outside interests, you know, because you know you're in a safe place, you're in a cocoon here, you've been. Formed and fashioned in a in a in a new image, you're on the potter's wheel, but eventually you're going to become that that fine adorned ornament and going to be taken off that potter's wheel, and then so you're going to have to have some things that you need to do. And I was telling him that his time at at the center is going to come to an end because the the program 
it works for to it, it works to get you back in the mainstream of life. It works to get you a stable again. It, it allows you to go out and get a job, start making living arrangements outside the center, and so you're gonna have to uh, have some outside interests so you don't fall back into that. And that's something that causes you to get new friends too. You know, so you'll have to develop new friendships and uh, uh, positive friendships uh, that way you don't fall back into the same bag again. And he would say, well, I really don't know what to do. And I said, well, what do you enjoy doing? He said, well, I enjoy, uh, you know, maybe just uh, reading a book or, or walking around at the park or something. I said, well, go ahead and do those things. He said, well, I don't know if I can do all those things. I just don't feel comfortable just doing it. I think that it's something missing and I need to do. I need to strive to get there. And I said, yeah. I said, I understand those things now. But you also need to be able to take care of yourself because if something is missing and you know it's missing, God is going to meet your need. He's going to give you the things that you need. But if you're pursuing those things, it's gonna, and that's a challenge because the thing that we perceive we need, we can never accomplish those things. We'll never be satisfied with it because once that need is filled, that we think that another need comes up. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we're pursuing things and we're chasing and chasing and chasing, and we find out the thing that we're chasing that it's not doing us any good at all. So I was encouraging him to get him some outside interest or uh, do something or go to a movie or pick up a hobby, maybe go bowling or something of that nature, or, uh, you know, or just interact with some positive friends, go to some conferences and to some shows and, and just do something that just relax, you know, just relax. But I always keep Christ centered in everything you do. Now, we can't control the people around us. You know, I go to sports events from time to time, and they, and they say, I'll be there. Yes, they do. I don't drink. And sometimes the people that I'm with may drink, but they don't drink when I'm there, and they'll kind of curtail it a little bit, or they'll go out and sit around the bar and come back. I don't know what they do because I just imagine, you know, but they don't just front it in my face or nothing. But I'm saying that, but there's people on side of me and behind me. They're drinking. Some of them are talking loud and saying things that I don't want to hear language-wise, you know, Occasionally, you know how people get caught up in the game and stuff. But I can't control all those things. I can only control myself. And so that's why I tell people that, you know, we don't have to be fearful of these things. That's the way the world is. But God has still put us in a safe place. He got us covered. He got us hedged in that those things won't have uh, no great effect in our lives. You know, I, I used to love to drink. It just because I quit drinking don't mean they stopped making it. That same beer and liquor, whatever I was drinking at that time, is still out there available. And guess what? They done added something else to it, too. They done, put, they done add flavor to it now. You can buy all kind of flavored beer. I, was, I look at it now and say, wow, man, I was just drinking regular beer. Now you got you, you got beer that tastes uh, uh, like bubble gum or whatever it may be. I'm just saying that I don't really know because I don't drink. But they have these flavored beer I know now. And so, but so I can't be very overly concerned about that. And when I go visit people and and and, and go to different events and stuff, and they have beer there, I don't drink anymore. And people ask me, "Do you drink?" I said, "No." They say, "You ever drink?" I say, "Yes." That's how much space I have between drinking time. You know that people don't even remember me drinking like I uh, like I used to do, or like I remember myself. 
And so, and, and that's the point of this, that having that freedom, having the freedom to say, I can live this life without any bondage, uh, any barriers, that I don't have to be restricting myself to uh, a certain lifestyle to uh, be productive. And I'm saying now that once you have that freedom in Christ, you know, we know that if you're just coming out of a situation, you have to jo- you have to guard your recovery or your salvation. I don't expect you to come out of uh, rehab and then just go back to the na- same neighborhood and hang around with the same friends that had that hadn't changed their life in a year or two years or whatever your recovery time had been and start interacting with them because it just don't work out that way. It just don't work out that way. You have to have some space. You need some distance between that old lifestyle and that new lifestyle. They they can't walk hand in hand. And I'm saying that from experience. You can't say, I'm going to uh, be a new man, but I'm going to still keep that old man in arm reach. It just don't work that way. You got to put that, that old man, you got to make him distance. You got to uh, uh, not have him available. You can't walk with him. You can't share the same thing that he shared in. I'm talking about that old man, that old you. Because it don't work out so well. I don't drink uh, Budweiser no more. So I'm, I'm just, I switched over to Coors because it's lighter. It don't work that way. You got to stop it all together until you become strong enough where you don't think about those things anymore. You know, I share with the guys uh, in the book of uh, John's, uh, 17, 15, I believe it's the chapter It said that Jesus said Hey, I pray for our Lord that came unto me Lord, that you put a hedge of protection around them And you let no evil uh, Let no evil or harm fall upon them And I got to think it That in the life of the believer In the life of the Christian We're being hedged in And we're being surrounded by the love of God and his hands around us and that when we go to places and the things that used to bother us or upset us or things that we were addicted to that those things don't affect us anymore I remember uh, I'm talking about myself now I would go to the stores in the neighborhood to get a sandwich and something to drink and I've been doing it all my life along with my working career I go to a little place and I get a little stuff off the daily I get a little choppy sandwich a little link sandwich a Kaylee bologna sandwich <laughs> I would break it down like that and then I would always give me something to drink with it which would be a beer or uh, something like that and, and it was this was many many years ago and then after, when I quit doing it, I was still trying to go to those same places to get a sandwich. And then I find myself, once I got the sandwich, I would walk over to get something to drink. And I'll be standing in front of the, uh, 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 to the bill section. And my mind just automatically shot over there. You know, and I just walked over there. And I, and I looked in there and I said, wait a minute, I don't want this. I don't, I don't need that anymore. Whatever they got me a soda or some juice or whatever it may be. I'm just saying that I time. That's how tricky our mind could be because we're locked in and doing the same thing that we always done. It's just like smoking a cigarette. If you're accustomed to smoking cigarettes on a uh, at a given setting, then once you're in that setting again, you want to have a smoke. If you was used to smoking on the way on, on the drive home, then you want to get a smoke. Those things are gonna gonna be there, but you don't have to act on those things. And it takes some willpower. It takes some willpower. It takes some commitment. It takes someone to walk alongside of you in some cases. And sometimes it just takes you just to say, no, no. And say, well, I'm driving home. 
But instead of having a cigarette, I'm going to just get some, uh, I guess you change one addiction for another. Give me a piece of candy. Give me an ice here. Give me something to kind of, you know, because I got something in my hand. So I'm used to having something in my hand. So why don't you just get, you know, give me a bag of chips or give me some gum or something like that. Whatever you do, do it in moderation is what I'm saying. You know, so, uh, you know, and those things are like that. So you have to find a way of getting around and being able to uh, get past those things. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But as I was sharing with the young man over at the uh at the center And I was telling those young men About how we make mistakes in life But as long as we have breath in our body We can overcome those mistakes And I was using the example Of a of a pencil A leaded pencil with an eraser on the end I said no matter how great a writer you are A speller Or how proficient you are In using uh uh, using punctuations, commas, or whatever it may be, you're gonna make some mistakes. And when you do, you want uh, a pencil have have it on the opposite end and have an eraser, and you you can erase those mistakes. In our life, we make some mistakes, but we can ask for a redo or ask those uh, mistakes to be removed in our life. By asking God to help us call repentance. Now, the scars of those mistakes may be still out there. Like if you erase something, sometimes you still see a little scuff mark right there. But you can go on. And you'll go on with the task at hand. Sometimes we make some mistakes. It costs us nine months, nine years, or whatever it may be. The scars are still there. But we can go on. I want you to think about that. Sometimes we don't, we feel like because I made this mistake, then I can't go any further. I want to challenge you that you can uh, about that you can. I want you to know that God is with you and He loves you. Just think about how good He's been, how good He's been to you. Have He been good to you? This morning, just just this morning alone, he done smile on you because you're here today. A lot of people didn't wake up this morning, but God loves you. Just think about how good he's been to you.
He's been good to me. Can you say he's been good to me? God has smiled on each and every one of us. You know, I was just thinking about uh, some things that I encountered out through the week and throughout the month. And I am so glad that the favor of God rests upon me. Even when things don't go right in my life, I still thank God for it. I recall what David said. Oh, my God, what David said. I will bless the Lord at all times that his praises should continually be in my mouth. My soul should boast in the Lord and the humble should hear that. Uh, oh, man, I got to think about it. Things don't always go right. Sometimes I feel bad in my body. Sometimes um, situations that I'm in seem to be overwhelming. Sometimes I just seem to be in lost control of certain things. But in all in all, I know that God is there with me. I would trust the Lord at all times. You know, all times is a long time as I share with people. When I have money, when I don't have money, when people like me, when they don't like me, when they understand me, when they don't understand me. I, you hear what I'm saying now? All times, he's been good to us. He's been good to me. He's been good to you. I was sharing with some guys the other day. Cause I talked to men and, and I talked to women And I was sharing with them That regardless of what's going on in your life Look back and see how far God done brought you I talked to men that's in a recovery program And once they get three or four months of sobriety They decide to move out and live out on their own And they find out things don't quite work out right But God still got his hands on And they wants to come back And they wants to still rekindle that relationship that we had And I said, brother, I'm always there available for you But you got to play your part in this here too You got a big, you got a large role to play in your recovery God will bless you more than you can ever imagine. But you got to be, you got to receive that blessing. You got to live like you're being blessed. You got to live like what I just shared with you with First Peter. Live like people that have been set free in Christ Jesus, and not using that freedom as an opportunity to do wicked and evil and devilish things, but do it to the glory of God. Come on now, come on now. You hear what I'm saying? Can you perceive what I'm talking about? You know, I was uh, sharing with this guy the other day. He uh, got out of recovery and things weren't going out right for him. He, uh, he was still working. He ended up uh, moving into a, uh, uh, what's he call a sober living facility. And he called me up and said, hey, Minister Lewis, I just want you to know that I'm doing good. You're my mentor. And I want to keep you being my mentor. And I, I'm living in this, uh, 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 you know, live, you know, a sober living home here. I said, that's great, brother. I'm glad that you're not on the street. I'm glad that you came to a measure of comfort in your life to go and live like that, uh, in a facilities like that. Because it takes some willpower. People rather just live on the street than to go and live in a, in a controlled environment as a shelter or a home or something, you know. You know, because they say, well, I can do that, I can do that. I just need to be in the right position and need to have the right resources. Well, you're already in a position. You're a child of God. You already got the resources because he owned the cattle of a thousand hills, and he opened doors. He make a way out of no way. You know, when people give you a, some food and some clothes and don't know you, that's God, man. Yeah, you might say, well, that's old brother so-and-so. He comes down here every month. But, yes, you see him, but, you know, that's God working through him. You know, that's God that's intervening in your life. It's God that's trying to set your path straight. You know, don't think, no, you know, brother, you, you got to stay twisted. All the volunteers that help people out, 
that's the hand of God to me. You know, because people give up their free time, give up their resources to come down to see about someone that don't even think much of them, someone they may only see one time. Now, we have to realize that a lot of the people that are doing it ain't doing it for the glory of God. They're doing it for their Christian resume. I'm going to put it that way. They want to just say, well, that's what I do. I, I, that has to my Christian resume. They give me something to put on my Facebook page. They give me something to put on my website. As a church, we go out and we do this, this, and this. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Because I remember what Jesus told us uh, uh Oh, uh, well, Jesus told his disciple, I believe it was Jesus, I may get this wrong, but it was saying that if they're if they not for us, then they, uh, then they, uh, if they're not against us, then they for us. You know, because they one instance that somebody was going out and they were preaching, they were drawing more, uh, more disciples than they were. I think it was John the Baptist. And he told his disciple, hey, wait, wait a minute, this guy, Jesus, he's pulling out more people than us, he's doing a lot more. And he said, wait a minute, if he's not against us, he's for us. Sometimes in ministry, we get a little beside ourselves and we start thinking that other people are doing the work that we ought to be doing. Other people are coming in on our territory. You know, other people ought to leave us alone because we already been here. And, you know, that's a challenge that we as ministries have, that once God has put us on a all a firm foundation and we've been in a place that we seem to be able to help men and women and then other ministries come alongside of us and we, we start saying, well, we was here first and this is our little piece of heaven that well, this is what God assigned us to. But yeah, God may have sent you some help. God may have said, hey, the, the work is too great. You know, I'm going to send you somebody to walk beside you to assist you in this. So we have to be very careful. And then sometimes we got to be wise to make sure that, that they do a thing honorable and pleasing to God also. So it's a it's a, it's a a twofold thing. But we shouldn't be so quick to want to cast that other ministry out. You know, I have had, had problems uh, from time to time as we go down to Dallas life. And we have an assigned day to go down there. We get down there and other ministries are already there. And, I, and I'm a people person. I go and talk to them and say, hey, you know, we normally come down here. Uh, you know, this is our day, but I see y'all already here. You mind if we continue to go on with what we're doing? And they say yes. And, you know, and, and it's enough for everybody. And I tell our ministry team, too, when we're down there, and if other people come in while we're down there, we're just going to, you know, invite them in and, and, you know, let them partake on this ministry. Because this is God's business. It's not ours. And we need to be mindful. Because if we don't do what we're supposed to, God is going to send somebody else. And then after that, he's going to send somebody else. The work is going to go on. Long after we are no longer doing that, long after we are unable to do that, the work goes on. God, this is God's business. And so we should be very honored that God see enough in us to send us some help. Just like just on our daily routine and labor, if you're on a job and, and you got a lot of work going on and somebody come up and say, let me help you out, and, and you're so grateful for that. And you say, wow, I'm so glad because I did get a little bit behind, you know. And sometimes God see that we're overwhelmed and some things, and sometimes we don't have the finances and the resources, and God will send us some help. And so we should be uh, happy for that and very pleased and not get to the point that, hey, you know, uh, I need to do this on my own and, I don't need no help, you know. And so we're to be mindful that God sent us some help, so we're going to have to, you know, uh, be mindful of those things. And I say that there because 
in our lives, sometimes we've been challenged. Of, should I accept this help or uh, should I just try to do it on my own? I ask you to pray on that situation and whatever God side uh, tell you in that situation. Make sure it's God, not just your own selfish motives. Okay? Let God work those things out of your life. You're listening to Free on the Inside, your host, Minister Joy Lewis, a weekly internet program to encourage you to build about your father's business, to encourage you that God have, have, that God have done great things in your life and in turn for you to do great things in other people's lives. So just being a friend, I'm going to put it that way, just being an encourager to someone else. I'll make a note of this number here, 310-982-4126. That's my personal number. Again, that's 214-505-6526. You can call me 24-7 for any comments or suggestions or just would like to be on the program. And, you know, we have very we have outings at different times. We go down to the uh, uh, to the jail, the local jail here in Dallas, uh, Dallas County, and we have uh, two ministry teams of men and women. And so I encourage you, if you want to be a part of a, of a ministry that's going out doing something, if you want to... Uh, uh, have your ministry to be a part of our ministry, which is great. You know, you can you can have the keys to your ministry. I like to say because as you join our ministry, you still have the freedom to do the things that suited your ministry and share with your ministry what's going on. So, uh, our island is uh, the second and fourth Sunday of each month. That's for the men from two to four. Uh, we'd love for you to come on out. Give me a call. Reach out to me, and we'll make uh, we'll uh, make arrangements for you to come out. That's some paperwork involved because anything that we do in ministry, we've been we've been approved by the uh, uh, by the uh, 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 let's see, I'll put it this way: we've been approved by the uh, uh, by that particular organization. We've been checked; we have background check, and so we're able to go in and out of facilities because we've been. Uh, certified to go in and out the facility, and that's great because we want people to be honest and truthworthy in what they're doing. Because as we share with people that is not honest, that's not truthworthy, we can share them our life story. How at one time we were messed up, how at one time we weren't quite right, but God, He did a redo in our life. Third Titus three said at one time we were foolish, we were jealous, we rebelled, we were stubborn, we were envy, we were lovers, we were haters. But when God manifested his love in our life and and reconciled us with his father and and renewed us and we became heirs to the heavenly kingdom. Yes, we was messed up. We always were sinners at one time, but Christ Jesus loved us to the point that he died for us. And as we go out and tell a dying world about a Savior that lives and let him know that he lives through us, any day that we had done apart from God because he loves us so much. None of us deserve to be on this side of uh, uh, heaven right now. I'm talking about to be alive. None of us has done anything that allowed us to have an inroad to God to be blessed more than ever could be imagined. We ain't done anything. We can't do anything only because he loves us. And in turn, if he loved you when you were unlovable, how... How are you not to love someone else? How are you not to care for someone else? How are you not to show someone else that Christ lives and he lives through you? Oh, that's awesome there, man. Some people would never see Christ. Some people have never seen Christ, but they can see Christ through you. If you, you know, you're doing the work of the ministry, they say, wait a minute, I perceive there's something different about you. I perceive that you are not the person I doubt you were. You know, because, and I share with with people at various times, I'm going to share with you, 
people will read you before they read the pamphlet or the scripture you give them because they see how you interact and they see how how you uh, manage things. And they can say, brother, you all talk. Wait a minute now. You you know, I've seen you over here. I've been watching you. And you, you've been kind of mean and vicious and that. You're telling me how how you love Jesus, but you don't love the, the men and women of Jesus. You don't love the less fortunate. You just don't love anybody. And then how can I how can I re- receive what you have to say? Because they're looking at you. They're not looking at that spiritual man. And that's a challenge. That's a challenge. God, we live on, we live in this day and time. And sometimes things tend to rub us the wrong way. But we should not let those things overtake our lives. Yes, we don't want to be hurt and disappointed and taken advantage of. But there's a way of handling it. You know, let Christ Jesus fight your battle. The battle is not ours, it belongs to the Lord. And that says, so that's some, those are clever words, but they work. They work. Let Christ Jesus fight your battle. Yes, yes, yes. You know, you don't have to fight every battle. You know, even a good uh, military leader don't fight every battle. He knows when to retreat. He knows when to sit still. He knows not to get overwhelmed because the enemy seems to be running rampant on one side. And, and you got him in control on the other side. So, well, okay, we'll just manage this. And then when the resource and the time and the, is right, we'll just go and do the battle over here. So you have to think of like a, a general. You're in the army of the Lord, so you got to use that wisdom to fight these battles. You know, even with our kids, our loved ones, we have to use wisdom. We can't beat our sons and daughters up because they're not living a life that, that's pleasing to God. At one time, we weren't living that life. We were drinking and we were smoking and we were staying up all night and we was working here and there and now we got a stable job and we about to ready to retire and now we mad at our sons and our daughters. Hey, remember now, that was you one time. You know, my grandson came up and he showed me his very little check and he only has uh, X number of dollars and I just smiled and he was so proud and he said, oh man, I'm going to do a lot with this and I was happy for him. I said, yeah, just manage your money right. Spend some and save some. You know, because did nobody tell me that? I went out and spent up all the come around to payday. I was broke. Anybody, anybody ever been broke with it right before payday? Some of you probably broke right today before payday. <laughs> I'm laughing because I do do. I, I'm, I'm like that too. So we not immune from it. I, sometimes I overextend myself. I thank God that it doesn't happen on a regular basis. And I try to be very mindful of my finances, and I try to keep something for myself. And, and uh, also assist people at various times if I can. That's if I can, okay? And so uh, you do the best you can. But I got to thinking of my grandson. He showed me this check. And I, re- I remember when I used to, uh, uh, you know, have those type of checks. It's his first check. He's not working very many hours. And I remember when I first got my first check, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a whole lot of money. I thought I could really do something with it, and I just smiled. But I just said, "Hey, that's just the first of many," and told him I was proud of him. I, I didn't tell him, "Oh, you need another job. You need more money." I'm just happy that he'll, and he will learn once he grow, once he get older and more stable. He'll start realizing, and once he have a family and a, and a lot of responsibilities, and he'll learn it. He's gonna make some mistakes along the way. Oh, that's life, but he gonna learn. He gonna learn. 
And then he go have someone that to help him out and talk to him and encourage him. And he was telling me, Papa, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I said, oh, that's great, but do you know the cost of doing this and that? Won't you think about this first, you know? I want this type of car. And I said, yeah, those cars are nice, but you think about the maintenance of it, you know? You got this car that's going to gonna take up your whole little check, and, and then you got to, you know, keep the car a service, you know, with just tires and gas and regular oil change. And then you making this amount of money, you're not gonna have very much money to do what you need to do. And he said, "Wow, you, you're right about that. <clears throat> you're right about that, Papa. Maybe I need to rethink this." And I'm glad he did. And that doesn't mean that he's not gonna make. He's not gonna go out and do what he want to do. And when he do, I'm gonna say, "Hey, man, you know those choices you made, and so you have to stick with." I wanted to be, I wanted to be truthful to the decisions that he made, whether they're good or bad. And that's what we have to do as Christians. As born again believers, allow our young people to make those mistakes. Allow them to live through those mistakes, not to beat them up behind those mistakes, and make them make them uh, honor that mistake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to honor that nine month mistake that you did that's gonna cost you 19 years of your life. You that I, I, I'm gonna deny it. I'm gonna run away from it. No, you got to honor that when you made some mistakes, and and then you got to go to court. Uh, for the next six months or uh, uh, once a month, and you got to go and sit in on a class, one hour class, and you got to utter that mistake. You know, I know it's it's hard and it's difficult and it's a challenge, but as as born again believers, we need to tell our family members and our loved ones, yes, you made these mistakes, and God is there with you, and that you and that you have to kind of go through these things. You know, as Jesus got ready to go to the cross, it wasn't a mistake. It was a day by God. People told him at one time that you don't have to do this. I never let this here happen. He said, no, this is a day by God. People told him I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, no, no, this is a day by God. Sometimes when we go through mistakes, God may not be in the midst of it, but God is not going to leave you there all alone if he's there for you. He could get the glory out of it. Going back to John, when Jesus told the man that it was for uh, it was for God to manifest His power through this blind man. We don't know why that man was blind. We don't know why things went on in his life. But God get the glory. You know, after we recover from those mistakes, there after you you done had a child out of wedlock, and when you was a, a teenager, this nine months of pregnancy, you got to live through that for the next. Lifetime, you can tell other young lady. Yes, you made a mistake, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't cut it short. I didn't give it away. I walked with that mistake. I walked with my limp, and God made me a better person. For you can tell a young man that got a DWI before he even started driving, and now they suspended his license. He got to go to the drive. He got to go to these classes for the next year or so. And you can tell him, young man, you can survive these things. Cause that was me at one time. I made those mistakes. Someone that didn't value education and ended up working at a low-income job, but then they come to the measure of themselves and they want to go to school and they take a night class and they telling other people, I'm going to school to better myself. And because I made some mistakes, and people around you are telling you, man, you're never going to get out of this situation. Everybody in our family always live like this. And you say, yes, I made some mistakes by getting by going by being incarcerated, but I can live through these mistakes here because Christ Jesus for me. A lot of us don't want to live through our mistakes. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to live through mine, but I did. 
and it made you a better person out of me. You know, I had various jobs between job card have always opened doors up for me to go other places and, 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 and receive some information. I remember I was between jobs. And I'm talking, just talking to you. And then uh, I was uh, at the unemployment office, and they, uh, they was telling me, you know, why are you between jobs? Why don't you go volunteer? Why don't you just go and uh, just help someone else in between jobs? And you'll see that it'll, it'll help you, your life be more balanced, and then you can learn another career. You might choose to do that. And, and I took that to heart. And I went over to the, uh, uh, I went over and volunteered at the drug and alcohol deal because the lady referred me over there. That's how I ended up going over there, the drug and alcohol council on Lebanon Avenue in Dallas. I went over there, and they, they said, yeah, we uh, we got some volunteers that's going out, and they doing AIDS prevention, and they talking to people that, uh, that's doing AIDS. And I was scared to death. But I knew the AIDS was a dreadful disease. They said, you don't have to do nothing. We're just passing our literature. We got counselors that's going to be down there. And that's all you have to do. You're never going to even contact me anybody. I don't think you're going to do this. Give our literature. And so I went down there, and, and it was a beautiful group of guys and girls. They were from the college, from, uh, from uh, uh, what's that, uh, North Texas State University. They was counselors. And they was over there. They were talking to the men and women, just giving, making the AIDS awareness uh, uh, made, be made known. And I was giving out the little pamphlets and Come to find out that after that they sent us to a training class, and one of the training class was talking about managing your discomforts. And I got to thinking, life brings about a lot of discomforts, but how do you go about managing those things? And they was telling us how to manage those things, and they used some Bible scriptures to in order to help manage your discomforts. And I was just thinking about how the world is using the things of God to be successful. But the people of God are using things of the world trying to be successful. Wait a minute now. We got this thing wrong. How is the world using the word of God to be successful and the people of God are using the world to try to be successful in God's kingdom? We got this thing twisted. And I got to think of that. How to manage your discomfort through the word of God. That's why I said that I will bless the Lord at all times. That wasn't one of the scriptures. It was something else. But I got to think it. That if I learn to manage this here walk of life when I'm being unemployed, when my family is 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 being torn apart by various things, debt, finances, mishaps, how I can be made at peace in the midst of all that, and that peace that surpasses understanding, at peace that that overflows to your family, at peace that give you clarity of thought, at peace that sets you on solid ground, at peace that you can have that relationship with. Our Lord and Savior, at peace that allows you to do the things that God put to your heart, your hands and your heart to do. That's the peace I'm talking about. And I talk about learning to manage your discomforts. And I got to think about how I've been in various places that have been uncomfortable, been beside myself, just been full of anxiety. But Christ Jesus was right there with me. And he said, my peace I give to you. Not the peace of this world, but my peace. I got to thinking about that. And then all of a sudden the calmness comes over me. And I take a deep breath. And I'm being filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm able to have that peace that Christ Jesus talked about. I'm able to live that life that we're being free on the inside. For who the Son set free is free indeed. I'm free to say, yes, I made some mistakes. I'm free to live with those mistakes. I'm free to go past those mistakes. I'm free to turn around 
and repent if I make those mistakes. I'm free to be plugged up to God's GPS system and let him order my steps. Because they say the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord. But sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I take my eye off the mark and I get off track. And God, like that GPS system that we all accustomed to, he started notifying me. Now, 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 now. You made a mistake. But now I want you to turn this thing around. I want you to get back on track. And that's called repentance. And that GPS system will tell you at the first available legal U-turn, turn around. That means that when you realize that you can't do this thing, anything apart from God, when you realize that you made some mistake, when you realize that God is able to forgive you, turn that thing around and say, here I am, Lord. What would you have me to do? Oh, that's beautiful. Lad. That's beautiful. You know, because as we go through life, we make some mistakes. But Christ Jesus is there for us. We pray that you're being blessed by what we had to share with you this morning. We talked about a lot of things, but we wanted to be uh, faithful and true to what we're doing. We want you to have a sense that you, too, can be free on the inside, that you, too, can live that abundant life, that life that is pleasing to our Lord and Savior, that life that allows other people to know that you, for Christ you live and for Christ you die. Not just out there talking in, 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 when people can see you, but just having that type of life that ain't nobody see you but God, and he's still pleased with you. I was sharing with the, over at the men's group once we get ready to, to wind down this program. I was sharing over at the men's group a couple of weeks ago over at uh, Pastor Henderson Church, how Enoch, in, in Genesis, the fifth chapter, how Enoch, how he walked faithful to God. They said Enoch had a family. He had sons and daughters. He had responsibility. And and you know what? When you have a family and sons and daughters and responsibilities, you're going to have a little heartache, a little frustration, a little anxiety with that. As Job, he had sons and daughters, and he prayed regularly in case they'd done something that wasn't pleasing to God. Job had a wife that didn't quite understand what he was going through, and she said some un, unkind words about Job and his God. But yet he stayed faithful. And they said that Enoch, he lived a life that was pleasing to God. He lived a life 65 years before he knew God. And then he knew God and he lived 300 years. You know, back then they lived a long time. But to the point is that his ladder was greater than his former. I don't care what you've been doing. God has great things in store for you. And they said that Enoch. Walked so close to God that he was raptured up, that they didn't see him no more. He the first man that got uh, that was called up to heaven. You know, uh, Enoch life changed other people's life because they looked around, they didn't see Enoch no more, and they knew that he was a walk he that he had a very special relationship. That he walked so close to God that they didn't see him no more. I want you and myself and all of that. That have been born again To have that kind of uh, persona That we walk so close to God That they don't see the God That dwells in us Oh that is beautiful I pray that you have a blessed day I pray that, that you continue to honor God In everything that you do I pray that you've been blessed And that you uh, experience the hand of God That you be a blessing to someone else And someone be a blessing to you uh, You'll listen to Free on the Inside Of a weekly internet program to just let you know how good God is.
to encourage you that God ain't through with you yet. To let you know that he's always present. That you're never alone. As we get ready to wind down this program, we want to be very mindful that this is the day that the Lord has made. And let us rejoice. I want to thank you for being a part of our weekly program. ask you to tune in again next week for another great episode of Free on the Inside with Minister Joel Lewis. And I'm also looking forward to having some more uh, great guests. Uh, you're always welcome. You're my very special guest. So we always have a table prepared for you. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you once again, Lord, as we come before your throne of grace and mercy. Anything that we've done that was so marvelous that allowed us to be here today, dear Lord, only because you loved us. Dear Lord, you told us to go ye down forth. Dear Lord, sometimes we don't know how. Sometimes we, we just don't feel like we have uh, uh, the tools or we're equipped to go. But you said, don't worry about those things. I'll be with you wherever you go. Dear Lord, just today, 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 as we go out, let us be able to encourage some man, woman, boy, and girl, thus says the Lord. Not so much in words, but in deeds and action, dear Lord. Just a person. Let your spirit dwell so richly in us that as we go upon people, that they feel a calmness, they feel a peace, they feel an assurance that things going to be all right. Because the world is turned upside down. We see what men are saying, what's wrong, what's right, and people are doing what seem to be right in their own eyesight, dear Lord. All the way from the White House to the outhouse, House, men are just doing what they want to do, Lord, but there is a God. There is a God. Dear Lord, let us be mindful, dear Lord, that you hadn't uh, uh, that you hadn't left us, Lord, forsake us. Let us be mindful that we, your people, that call upon your name, will humble ourselves and turn from our wicked way, that you will restore our land. Dear Lord, you are restorer. You're a way maker. We thank you, dear Lord, in the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, we thank you for our listening audience. We pray, dear Lord, if anyone feels important in that body, you touch them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Dear Lord, that you arrest that condition in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.